Thanks for listening to the Highlands podcast. At Highlands, we believe in leading you into a growing relationship with Jesus and equipping you to have a life full of purpose as you build your faith. We can't wait for you to join us next weekend. But for now, enjoy this message from our communicators. I love what God does. And uh, I love the prophetic, it's, it's, but I don't like the pathetic. Uh, and we need to understand we are a prophetic church. Every time we preach, I love what Doug did this morning. He stood up and, and spoke prophetically. He has no idea what I'm going to preach, but he actually preempted it because we're a prophetic church and the Spirit of God is prophetic. And people without prophetic vision perish, and we don't want to be those people. We got vision, we got heart to make a difference in the world. And I think we live in times of cultural uncertainty. I just see it. You know, there's so much uncertainty around. Doug was going to jump on a plane today, fly to Melbourne. Uh, he was going to sit with the head of um, Hillsong in Australia in a dinner. whole pile of things was opening up. And all of a sudden, the uncertainty sweeps in, and, and it's as though the devil steals. Uh, I, I just know some things. And, and at these times where, where the uncertainty seems to come in, the world seems to have lost its way. But the opportunity exists for God to move. It's so easy to get swept up and drift along with the culture and forget that God has given us the words of life and hope. The antidote to fear is in us, our responsibility as Christians. He's given us that. Uh, Not to be fear mongers, not to create fear, not to, to be those people that, that get out there and create fear, but actually be the antidote to fear, people who bring life and people who bring encouragement and people who bring something to the world that the world so desperately needs. 2 Timothy 1.17, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind. You have not got a spirit of fear. There's fear in the world right now. You open your newspaper, you turn to put news up, news.com up, you put whatever up, the chronicle up, and you see fear. But God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love, the antidote, love, power, power to change the world. We can be unashamed of the power of God. I, I love the power of God. I love seeing God moved. And, and you know, we went through a season of power ministry. If you've been around church for a while, we've seen things like that. But it's not power that's, a, that's demonstrated on a platform necessarily. It's power that's demonstrated in life. Paul was talking to Timothy here. Love, power, and a sound mind. Because I actually think we need a sound mind. There's so much confusion and stuff in the world. We need a sound nine. And today I want to just do a quick health check for you. A heart check. How's your heart? How's your heart? Sometimes we think, oh, well, the heart's the the beat, but the heart's the centre of our life. What's your culture like? What's the culture around your life like? How, how, how are you affecting others? What's that culture? Do you bring a culture of love and power and a sound mind? Or do you bring a culture of fear? What's the culture that's around your life? In your heart check, looking at, at how you see life and how you view things and how you start to speak about things, what's the culture that's coming out of you? Because 
it's your heart that brings the culture. See, everything goes through our heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 to 27, that's come up on the screen. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. What issues are you facing? What issues are coming out of your life? Watch the words coming out of your life. What are you identifying with your mouth that's a heart issue? What's coming out? Because it's what comes out of our heart. It, it gives us the culture of what we're, what we're facing in life, that culture. How's your heart? Because what we're speaking about, what comes out, oh, well, life's no good, or life's this, or life sucks, or, or life's great. What's coming out of your life? Oh, all I see is problems. Well, maybe there's a few problems in the heart. Maybe the cultures you've got allowed to come around you is affecting your life. What issues are you facing? This is what goes on to say, put away from your deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from, from you. <coughs> what are you speaking about? What is it that when starts that con the conversation starts, what comes, ah, oh, well, you know, the Broncos, they always lose. Well, they do, but what is it? What, is it something you're focused on? Is it whenever anything happens, it comes out of your life? Oh, you see, that's, that's the reason why, because you know, the world of this or the, politics, the political parties of this or Scott Morrison is this or what comes out of your mouth? See, it says put away, put away those words because those words affect your future. Those words affect you. And they affect the others around you. That's why we have faith declarations. You jump on the website, you can find them. We've put up my faith declarations and I've added and changed a few and added a few from Craig Rochelle and people like that that you can catch a set of faith declarations that you declare over your life. If some of the greatest leaders in the world have faith declarations, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we be those people? Ah, oh, well, that's just new age thinking. No, it's not. It's biblical thinking. We put away those things, but we pull some words in. We pull the promises of God in that takes us through. It goes on to say, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eye looks, look right before you. What are you looking at? What are you feeding your heart with? Oh, well, every day, first thing I do in the morning is open the newspaper, open the news site, and all you get is the negative. What a horrible way to start our day. What are you looking at? What is determining your life? What's changing your culture? Proverbs is saying, keep your eyes straight ahead. Look to the vision. Look to something that God has for you. Goes on to say, ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. It says, ponder your path to your feet. What is the vision? What are you go? Where are you going? Where are you heading? What's the vision that gets you up in the morning? What is it that gets you and gets you excited and you start to look at life through a different set of lenses because all of a sudden there's that vision that speaks louder than the newspapers, speaks louder than the politicians, speaks louder than the opinions of somebody else. The vision that gets us up in the morning. 
The vision that changes our life. People without prophetic vision perish or their life runs amok and they mess their life up. What is it that gets you up and gets you going? I have a vision for this place. I, I see this church prophetically. I see it full all the time. I get cranky when I see empty seats. Well, I do. I get cranky when people don't get saved. That's why we exist. We exist to see 15,000 people in Toowoomba come to know Jesus. We exist to see churches planted. We exist to see early learning centres at Highfields and a new school at Highfields. We exist to see the world change. That's why we exist. We exist. The vision has to pull us forward. Otherwise, we meander through life. And everything that's around us affects our heart. You see, it says, remove your foot from evil. In other words, step away from death. Step away from the things that are trying to entrap you, evil. Step away from them. The Bible says about lust, flee lust, because it's going to chase you, but flee, run from it. Step away from the things of death and step forward to the vision God has for you. I believe there's a strong connection with our hearts and our minds and our mouth. So today I'm going to use a lot of Scripture and uh, take you on a little bit of a journey through Scripture around the connection of these things. So Romans 10, 9. <clears throat> Can I grab some water? Would someone grab me a... There's none at the front. Um, <coughs> thanks. <clears throat> Romans 10, 9. <clears throat> if you open and declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If there's two things in that, if you openly declare, so there's something again, a connection between your mouth, what you're declaring, if you openly declare, and if you believe in your heart. There's something about when we come from that proverb scripture that as your heart is, that you keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. There's a connection between our heart and our mouth. And we've got to try and catch this. Mark 11, 22 to 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. Whatever he says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you have received them and you will have them. Have faith in God, it says. Whatever you say, whatever you say. How are you speaking to your mountains? What, and what is your mountain? But how do you speak to the issues of your heart? How do you speak to it? So if you start to declare, and you start to get that mouth agreeing with what the heart's saying, or start to get the heart agreeing to what the mouth's saying, you can change the situation around you. It's, the promise is if you believe. Friend, do you believe there's a scripture, there's a guy walking along with Jesus who's going to heal his child. And he's walking along and the guy says to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. He believed in either his heart or his head, but he was trying to get both of them to reconcile with each other. Can you believe? What are you believing for? It says when you pray, whatever you pray for, what are you asking God for? What are you believing for? 
Mark, uh, rather, Matthew chapter 21, verses 21, which is a similar scripture. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what is done to the fig tree, but I also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believing, you will receive. There's something very dip- different from our perception, our reality, and our faith. Our perception can become your reality. It's not necessarily truth. Not truth. But our perception becomes our reality. Oh, well, everyone's against me. No one loves me. I'm just going to go and suck worms. Becomes your reality. Or you can go, man, everyone loves me. And guess what? Your reality is everyone loves you. And then there's faith. Faith calls those things aren't, that aren't as though they are. That's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Calls those things that aren't as though they, call those things that aren't. They're not, but faith calls it out and calls it a truth. What is your vision saying to you? What are you missing out on? What are you not praying for? Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Sometimes we need to change our reality to what God wants us to believe. So how do you know what your heart's like? Because this is obviously some issues around our heart that I think God wants to work with us and Luke 6.45 says this, A good man out of, his, out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bring forth evil. For the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How's your heart? What are you saying? Oh, but I've got all the reasons in the world. You don't undermine my life. No, I don't. But I know it can change. Oh, when I was a child, I was this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God wants to change you and give you a future and a hope, not a spirit of fear. See, a lot of people right now, and I've, I've had some things come past my desk this week and have been sitting at a national executive movement, uh, meeting for our movement, seeing some things come through. People, um, people get this reality around them that's not true. And then an entitlement meant mentality seems to come in and they flood the entitlement but I should you should do this for me you should instead of saying hold on a tick this is own this this is mine I should not you should I should becomes a hard deal the culture of the day attacks our minds can have a great effect in our heart I think we need to convert our head like Romans 12.2 says. Do not be conformed to this world. Because it's so easy to conform to the world. It's so easy to slide into the world, the opinion of the world. Oh, we should be doing this, we should be doing that, you shouldn't be doing this, should be doing that. All of that opinion can slide into our life. 
And it really brings confusion. It says, but the scripture says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that, what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. You see, I think six times, the uncertain times, the times when the world is, seems upside down. That's when the devil attacks our vulnerabilities. And the vulnerabilities are the issue of our heart. That's where we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable in our heart and that's where the devil can get his foothold and attack us. But I sense as Christians, we provide an antidote to the world to this, if we can keep our heart right. Not get swept up with the opinions of the day and the pins of the world. But actually know who we are and as we go about our life, we make a difference in the world. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. I want you to just grab that first bit and say, we have peace. And justified by faith and an outcome of the justification of faith is peace. In the circumstances of life, no matter what you're going through, there's that promise of peace. Though whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we have also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Some of our challenges is that when we walk through the challenge and the tribulations of life, we stop. And that's where we camp. That's where we allow our heart and our head to marry with the tribulations and the challenges of life. And if we were to go through, it would produce something in us that God always uses challenging. I think, I think actually God uses the challenges of our life and uses the circumstances that come our way to build something in us. And it builds hope. If we allow it, it builds something for us to go on with. And then it goes on to say, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Because out of our hearts flow the issue of life. And the love of God through the Spirit of God is poured into our hearts. See, challenges are God's opportunities. And He seems to do His best work in suffering and challenges. And I've more thought about this and thought, well, God, why? He said, because I just sensed him say, because that's when I get your attention. Because <laughs> when everything's going well, everything's going well. Don't need God. And sometimes it, the sufferings come, the challenges come to get our attention to take us through. Ezekiel chapter 36, 26 to 29. Now these are the things I think we need to catch because I think God wants to do some work in our lives. He said, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. 
I'll take out the heart of stone out of, uh, out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and you, cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God and I will deliver you from all uncleanliness. There's something about a new heart that God puts in us. King David, after he, after he killed Uriah and slept with Bathsheba and did all those things that he did, he cried out to God, Create in me a new heart, O God. Psalm 51, renew a steadfast spirit within me. And I think time that we have a new heart, I think it's time to cry out, God, give us a heart for the people. You see, we can preach about as you go. We can share it. And it's the truth of God. It's the great commission, the great commandment. But we can't do it out of an old way. We have to do it out of a new heart that has a love for people. And I see God opening doors of opportunity and, and for different people in different stages of life. I love that some of our older people are moving to a, a, a nursing home. Not a, it's a retirement village. And they have the opportunity to change that, change the village. Because you put in a place and a purpose for a purpose to make a difference. No matter where you are in life, no matter where God's got you, He's got you to make a difference. It's how we keep a soft heart and some tough skin. The problem with getting tough skin, you've got to get hit a few times. I look at Tim. Councillor McMahon, how he keeps a soft heart but allows a thick skin that he walk through the political process of council. How he, wins the how he wins the war, not just wins the battles, and he's got to face that criticism and things that happen. As he goes on a journey, Tim, know that God's for you, not against you. Know that you are a light in the darkness there. And it's how you keep that, that soft heart and thick skin. But it's for all of us, how do we keep our, our soft heart and thick skin as we walk through life? And we don't become those crispy Christians that react negatively to circumstance. But we become those Christians that react with love, power and a sound mind. And make a difference in the world. So we can preach all about as you go, we can encourage you. And our heart is that we are disciples, that we lead, point people to Jesus and let Jesus do his reforming work as he puts new, new hearts and he puts his spirit of God in us. But we've got to change. Do we get that heart that where we walk outside and we see someone on the street with that heart that goes, oh, we've got the antidote to your fear. We've got the antidote for your life. The question I hear a lot, and you've probably heard it and may have asked, what on earth, what on earth am I here for? <laughs> Why am I here? See, people lose their way and they lose their life. But you're here for a purpose. Fearfully, wonderfully created right now, 2021, to make a difference. Your position, God's got you exactly where He needs you. He just needs you to be available. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
here's a new creation. Thank God for the new creation, hey. I thank God all the time that he saved me, changed me, set me free. Because I'm a new creation in him. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. I wish you'd do some of the things a little quicker in my life, but I don't know about you. But he's still got a work to do. The promise of Scripture is he's faithful to complete it. Hold on to that hope. Behold, all things have become new. Now that all the things are of God, who has reconciled himself through Jesus, reconciled himself to us through Jesus Christ. Reconciles us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he's given us. Why on earth are you here? He's given us a, me- me- a message and a ministry of reconciliation. That we can reconcile. We're called. Doug preached it last week. We are ambassadors to reconcile people with Jesus. And friend, you can't just do it out of a obedience, even though we've got to be obedient. We can't just do it because some pastor said it. We can't just do it because, oh, well, that's what the church says to do. We can't just do it without faith and belief and heart. Because if we just do it mechanically, people pick that up. If you're just doing it out of duty or out of guilt, people pick that up. But if we just do it out of our genuine heart conversion, where our heart is converted and then our mouth speaks, we can change the world. Give us a ministry of reconciliation. That is that God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing the trespasses to them. Not imputing the things they're going. Not judging them. It says Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world, but they'd be saved through him. John 3.17. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You see, friend, you have the word of life for yourself and others. When we're born again, it's not, as you read through these scriptures, it's not a thing we've, we've worked through with knowledge. It's an encounter with the living God that's created in us something new. It's a new heart. It some, creates something new in us that gives us life, that we can give that life, that word of reconciliation to others. As we finish this series on As, you, as We Go, it's a series that, that we want you desperately to walk alongside people, love them and point them towards Jesus. You don't have to save them because you can't. It's God's job. It's not about grabbing the big black Bible and say, opening up your mouth as I force this word into you. It's about God pouring his spirit into a heart of a person's life that changes their life forever. And I sense that's what God wants to do with you. I sense there's people in this room that are reconciling themselves today with issues and the issues have held them back. God wants to set you free today. Those issues of life that have held you bound, the issues of life that have given you excuses, the issues of life that you've sat there and go, this is why I'm this, because it's their problem, when it's actually our problem. That if we own it, 
allow God to deal with it, we'll be free. So let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person in it. I thank you, Father, for the vision you've given us to bring life, that we're a life-giving church. Father, a place where people can, a safe place to belong before they believe, where people can have a safe place to fail, have a safe place to encounter you, to let you get around their life. And Father, I pray for everyone this morning as we do a heart check that today you'll bring to remembrance any issues that are in our heart that allow it to get out of our heart, that you can create in us, just like Ezekiel, like King David, like Corinthians, that you'll create in us a new heart, that we can walk free of the old into freedom with you. Jesus' name. Hey, just while every eye's closed, every head's bowed, we do this in every service. We do it because you matter to God and you matter to us. Maybe you've been in church all your life or maybe you've never been in church and today's the first day you've ever been in church. Or maybe you once walked with God and you've walked away and you want to walk back with him. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus. He'd love to have that opportunity for him to come into your heart and change your heart. And the way we do that, it's not a difficult thing. It's a really simple thing. And it's not about knowing scriptures backwards. That'll come as you spend your life with God, that you'll know scriptures and scriptures will speak to you. But it is about knowing him, Jesus. So right across this room right now, if that's you and you'd like to know God, not just know about him, I'd love to invite you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just while no one's looking around, if that's you, you've never given your life to Christ, or you've been away from God and you want to come home right now, I'd love you to raise your hand. So just as I look across this room, awesome, thank you. Father, I just thank you for people making decisions right now. Hey, if you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't in this place, can I get you to pray a simple prayer? Pray it now or pray it later. But pray it from the heart. Because this is a heart deal, not just a head deal. And the prayer is simple. It goes something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be real to me. I ask you to forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. And God, I ask you to give me a vision for my future. To give me a hope and a purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more resources and to connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website.